The Superpowers of the Soul Channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Deep Soul Dialogue with Nellie Loth. Discover the truth of who you really are. Hi, my friends. Welcome to Deep Soul Dialogue, a podcast where we talk about the interior path seeking the soul, encouraging each of us to find this interior dialogue. This is the Superpower Network, and you're listening to the Superpowers of the Soul channel. My name is Nellie, and I am the host, and in many ways, a storyteller. I'm sharing the stories of my own incredible life and the spiritual path, my own interior spiritual path. That really is my life. It has been for some time. Today, I want to talk about that trip to Nepal. I spoke about it on the last podcast, and frankly, as soon as I recorded and uploaded the last podcast, I sat and took notes for today. And I've been excited and sort of waiting to get back here and to record this conversation with you. It's a monologue, but it's to encourage you to find the voice inside yourself that is constantly speaking and wants to guide you. wants to guide you. That's an incredible practice. Learning to hear a voice in you that says, take a chance, take a leap of faith, do the thing that's been on the back of your mind. I've certainly followed my intuition throughout my life. And I am deeply grateful that I did, but it was very much, it was very courageous. I know that to other people, I must have looked like a total idiot because I was constantly going outside the box. I wanted the same thing everybody else wanted, but not as much as I wanted the peace that passes understanding. I wanted success, job, money, a new car, the husband, the boyfriend, and the house with a 2.6 car garage, and the dog, maybe a cat. But I kept saying to myself, each of those goals, each of those things you desire, they only will bring you what you think would be peace, and that is an inside job. First, find that. First, find love. And so I kept seeking love, peace, self-love, acceptance. Honestly, I had no idea it would take me this long. (laughs) And yet I'm so grateful. And as I sit here with you, I, again, I'm very deeply, not only grateful, I'm humbled to share my simple stories. I'm going to tell you another story, how I just sort of followed intuition and accidents that seemed to happen, but that kept leading me to experiences I didn't even know I wanted. 
profound experiences with great teachers. When I was in India, it turns out I was in a community with many yogis. Many of the Tibetans had been great meditators, sat in caves. And you have to understand these kinds of men and women, these practitioners, they seem to charge the atmosphere around them. It's a charge of such compassion. It's as if waves of compassion move through you. And that happened quite regularly. And they're not, of course, limited to the Buddhists. They're in all communities. Last podcast, I spoke about Thomas Merton, the great Catholic teacher, my teacher. I never met Merton, but he met some of the Tibetans that I lived around in India. So this story begins again when I did give away everything I own and took off for Delhi. And then from Delhi, I took an eight-hour train and into this little village outside of Dehradun is the monastery that I was living at called Sam Tenling. Some Tenling Monastery for the girls, for nuns, for women, a Buddhist nunnery. And I was living there without even realizing that my visa required I would leave the country after about six months. I had to leave India, and the easiest thing to do is to go to Nepal. Ignorant. I was completely ignorant of what this would really entail. And everything was laid out for me. I had a driver take me back to that crazy, insane train station and then fly out of Delhi into Nepal. And I want to tell you more about this story. I want to share with you what it meant to follow the guidance that led me to India and then took me to Nepal and the ignorance, which is such a blessing. I couldn't have planned this myself. I wasn't trying to manipulate anything because I didn't know better. So let's take a moment. Let's just take a few moments. I'm going to be back. Take a few breaths. I look forward to sharing this amazing story. See you in 10. The Superpower Experience goes way beyond the podcast. Listeners can connect with hosts and one another inside the Superpower Universe Plus membership. Members get access to high vibe connections, superpower masterclasses, and much, much more. Don't wait another moment to step into your superpowers. Go to superpowerexperts.com and sign up today. Oh, hi again. I was so excited. I almost didn't take this pause. I'm still Nellie, and this is Deep Soul Dialogue. Discover the truth of who you really are. One of the ways to describe that interior truth is that each of us has the mind or the heart of Christ. We have the mind of a Buddha, an enlightened Buddha. Buddha simply means awakened one, and the path is all about wake up from this nightmare. I want to tell you a great and funny story. So I'm leaving Delhi on a plane going into Nepal. First of all, you have to understand when you're flying into Kathmandu, you're going to see Everest. 
Now, I'm surprised the plane didn't just flip upside down because everybody jumped up and went to that side of the jet <laughs> to look at Everest. And believe me, I wasn't sure the plane was really that stable anyway, because, you know, this is India. This is Nepal. I didn't even know what kind of plane it was. But there's Mount Everest. It was extraordinary. The spiritual path is seeking that summit. And just as a great climber has Sherpas, God bless him, Hillary had Tenzin Norbu. We have these great teachers and masters who are always there and they guide us because they themselves reach the summit and they know the steps and the way and the path. When I landed in Kathmandu, Bodhnath, of course, you're overwhelmed by all the iconic images. The great stupa, one of the most famous iconic structures of Nepal, I could circumambulate it, just walk around it. So many shops, prayer flags, such an extraordinary scent. It was almost surreal. How did I get there? I didn't plan it consciously. But my story took me to another place, Sechen Monastery. This is a Buddhist monastery, S-H-E-C-H-E-N, Sechen. I ended up in a guest house attached to this monastery. This is the monastery of an incredible master teacher, Dilgo Kiense, Dilgo Kiense Rinpoche. If you see an image of him, some people don't know, is it a man, is it a woman? He's this very big man, and he had long hair, but his face and his hands, just pure compassion. He was just an extraordinary master. He was a Zogchen master. You know that I am, that I am, that uh, we've spoken about, that extraordinary state of transcendent being, that's what he mastered. The outcome of that is profound, calm, tranquility, but there's a compassion. I see it in his eyes. I see a picture of him, and sometimes I tear up. He's just one of the great teachers who's helped me so much. Well, such a monastery was his monastery. He taught there for decades. First, he went to Bhutan when he escaped Tibet, and then he established this monastery, and he was one of the tutors of the 14th Dalai Lama. So I end up in this guest house. Again, I'm ignorant. I don't know really what's going on. I have the teachings I have been given by my teacher. So I'm studying Buddhist practices. I have a picture of Jesus on my altar. I'm reading the teachings of Ramana Maharshi. I always incorporate all the gems and jewels of all these different paths. And I had only heard about Dilgo Kiense, and I start reading a little bit about him, but I still don't know that much about who he is or what Dzogchen is. Great practice in Buddhism. But I'm sitting at this amazing restaurant, one of the best vegetarian restaurants I've ever been to. 
and I hear whispers about a drupchen. Don't worry about the word. I didn't know what it meant either. <laughs> we have a Sanskrit word called puja. Puja means a spiritual practice. Maybe days and days of prayers and rituals and chanting. Every tradition has their practices, their pujas. Every single tradition. A drupchen is one of these very profound, deep, very enlightening processes. And this may have been going on for weeks. I didn't know, but I kept it in the back of my head. I ate my dinner. I went to bed and I woke up about 1.30 in the morning and I said, well, I'll just walk over to the temple. I'm going to walk over to the temple and see what's happening. What's this puja all about? The night is actually pretty quiet at that time. And believe me, India and Nepal is not very quiet. And I'm walking across this big courtyard, walking around to the front of the temple. And I go toward the steps of the main door. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I hear this booming voice. Where are you coming from? And I look over and there's this really big lama, a Tibetan monk in his orange robes. And I call him the Bouncer Lama. He apparently was the bouncer. He was going to determine who comes and goes. Where are you coming from? And I said, Sechen Monastery. Oh, do you know what's going on? And I just said, Puja. I didn't know to say Drupchen. He goes, okay. <laughs> it was so anticlimactic. And then I walked in. There are these very high chairs, thrones, where a great master will sit. The room is almost too dark, for there's only butter lamps illuminating the room, but you can make out these huge thrones. And everyone's sitting on mats, and all along the side, there's many, many, many lamas chanting. It was hypnotic. And I go and end up sitting behind these two thrones. I don't know that the teachers sitting there are some of the greatest masters of Tibetan Buddhism. And one is the reincarnation of the great Dilgo Kyense. The other teacher is Robjan Rinpoche, his teacher. And all of these Lamas, they're well known in the Tibetan community to the Dalai Lama, but I'm ignorant. I didn't know that. But what I did recognize was the atmosphere. Way on the other side of the temple, they have been making a sand mandala. And some of you know that that's when lamas or nuns sit around a huge area and create very profound drawings with grains of sand. A sand mandala can take many, many weeks. They're chanting, meditating, because this mandala is a living representation of a Buddha field, an enlightened space mind. It's a symbol of all the different ways we try to articulate this enlightened mind. They had been 
working on this. I don't really know how long. They'd already taken, it looks like a paintbrush, and they swept all the grains of sand into a bucket. And in its place is the great swastika of butter lamps, which really represents the turning of the wheel of Dharma. In that atmosphere, I felt waves of grace, splendor waves, I guess they would call it, from the teacher. Dugal Kiense reincarnated in this young man sitting right in front of me. He doesn't know. I don't know if he knows. I'm nobody. And yet I'm feeling my mind become so still. It's as if Dugal Kiense was still there, not just because of that reincarnation, but because his mind was so vast. A great master, a great teacher, a great saint would say to you, where would I go? I am here. I can't tell you in words, but I think you can begin to sense it. As if we're in this temple at Sechen, as if the lamas chanting and chanting and chanting and the incense and the candles have created an atmosphere where we become still. And I'd like to share with you a profound teaching of the great Dilga Kayense Rinpoche. He taught this. It is our mind and that alone that chains us or sets us free. To meet someone who really hurts you is to meet a rare and precious treasure. Hold that person in high esteem and make full use of the opportunity to eradicate your defects and make progress on the path. If you cannot yet feel love and compassion for those who treat you badly, it is a sign that your mind has not fully transformed and that you need to keep working on it with increased application. Once you have overcome the hatred within your mind, you will discover that in the world outside, there is no anger or any such thing as even a single enemy. I'm going to repeat that in a moment. Remember, this is a Tibetan Lama. In 1959, when the Dalai Lama and many thousands left, it took him about a month. He left Tibet and went into Bhutan. And as he's leaving Tibet, he said, even my beloved Tibet is illusory. He didn't grasp or hang on to his home or his possessions because a great teacher holds on to the truth. That's in the mind. It's a great, profound teaching. And yet when these lamas left, many of those who remained, many Tibetans, were tortured. And the great practice for the Tibetans was not to give in to anger or hate for those torturing them. 
love one another as I have loved you. Loved your enemies is being revisited by Diego Quiense. So let's imagine again. Imagine you are sitting in this incredible space with these incredible masters. Listen again to this teaching, which will deepen in the coming episodes. Diggle taught, it is our mind and that alone that chains us or sets us free. Implied in that is the freedom. In your mind, you can be free right now, no matter who has harmed you or how you are harmed, no matter what you are facing. Rinpoche is saying, it is our mind and that alone that chains us or sets us free. Take a breath, smile. Yeah, it's a high climb to get to the summit, but we have Sherpas, we have these teachers, and they've gone ahead of us, and they had to overcome their anger. They had to conquer their minds. We can do this. It is our mind and that alone that chains us or sets us free. To meet someone who really hurts you is to meet a rare and precious treasure. Wow. Whew. To meet someone who really hurts you is to meet a rare and precious treasure. The person who harms us or that situation becomes a teacher. You can say, I will use this person in this circumstance. I will treasure it. Because this situation, that person is pumice. It is polishing and refining the jewel ornament of my mind. Rinpoche, which means precious one, Rinpoche went on to say, hold that person in high esteem and make full use of the opportunity to eradicate your defects and make progress on the path. What? It's about using the person that harmed me to eradicate my defects? Wow, it would take a miracle to do that, and that's exactly right. You can set yourself free. I can set myself free. I can first see that person, the situation, as rare and precious treasure. I will hold her or him in high esteem and make full use of the opportunity to eradicate my defects and make progress on the path. So first of all, I'm redefining what appears to be a great obstacle, a great trauma, and saying, no, this is a great teaching. Just saying that or hearing it, you go, wow, you must be pretty far advanced just to hear that because when you look out into the world, many, many, many of our sisters and brothers don't even know they have a choice. Act, react, act, react, a constant back and forth. It's as if you and I are sitting in a much higher elevation on our way to this highest summit, 
And we pause our Sherpas, our teachers, our guides, stop. And we look into the valley of the shadow of death and we say, wow, this constant back and forth. If I stay down in the valley and just see myself as being the victim of outer people, circumstances, how can I be free? But I have a capacity in my mind. I can take a higher view. The view is compassion, wisdom. Dugal Kiense said, if you cannot yet feel love and compassion for those who treat you badly, it is a sign that your mind has not been fully transformed, that you need to keep working on it with increased application. So we take a pause and you say, I can do this because I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be broken or wounded. I don't want to see the false idea in my mind that something outside of me is greater than my mind. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, but it's worth it. Believe me, if I can do it, anybody can. It's the power to transform the mind and then see the world transformed. But it must happen on the inside. Once you have overcome the hatred within your mind, you will discover that in the world outside, there's no anger or any such thing as even a single enemy. Now take that and imagine that in this crazy, violent, chaotic, turbulent time, you could be one of the beings carrying the light of wisdom. What happens as you overcome the hatred within you is you do experience a much more spacious quality. As if there's this huge sanctuary like the temple we're sitting in on our floor mats. And it's really high and big. And this big, big temple holds all these different people, different stories, different opinions, different paths, different histories, different beliefs. But it's the space. Our mind is spacious. And I may be a little being sitting there on my little meditation mat. But these great masters are leading us with their footprints, telling us greater things than this you can do. These are the times when it sure would be helpful if you could overcome, overcome the hatred within your mind and imagine seeing the world no longer as a place of such hate, anger, violence. Imagine that is the vision we are all capable of. It's different than seeing it is vision. And it is your natural way of being. Anger, hatred, being a victim, feeling broken. It's not your natural state. And yet we are human and we come up against these challenges, people and experiences that seem to crush us, devastate us. Remember, we can go back and we can listen to this great master teacher. He is the embodiment of mother compassion. First of all, we're going to remind ourselves right now, it is our mind and that alone 
that chains us or sets us free. Bingo. The choice is in me. I can do this. And I'm here to help you. Even me, this ignorant, one small spoke in this extraordinary wheel of Dharma. In each episode, I hope we help each other. Remember, you have the power to change your mind. The beginning is to dedicate any relationship or situation where you experience great suffering, anger, attack as a treasure. Dedicate it. It's a treasure. You can just begin by saying, I'm willing to hold that person in high esteem. I'm going to make full use of this because I need to eradicate the defect in my mind, which means the defect of believing that your mind, the heart, is capable of attack. You see, underlying all this is the indestructible nature. What do we mean by mind? Well, there's the absolute mind. It would be like the mind of Christ or the Buddha mind. Indestructible nature. What can be destroyed isn't part of that. Maybe it's dreamlike. And maybe we want to wake up like a Buddha. Remember, Buddha means awakened one. And you and I only need to awaken. And we can begin by saying, those people who drive me crazy, those situations that have harmed me, let me treasure them and dedicate myself to seeing in that person or situation what I can purify in my mind. Don't worry. As he says, when we see this part of us still in reacting, okay, I'm not fully transformed. Well, welcome to this wonderful classroom where we are all here choosing once again to awaken. Imagine knowing there's no enemy. You are not broken. Imagine remembering your true nature is an indestructible, vast, and limitless capacity to love. I may repeat that every time because then we both remember. Yes, I I left that extraordinary temple and staying at Sechen was extraordinary. But remember I began by saying, I don't know how I got there. I just listened and followed. That means be awake to the moment. Try not to overload every day with such a list of responsibilities that there's no break in the clouds where there could be a different sunbeam that shines on a different way to go. My spiritual path has been almost one mistake after another, meaning even those things that were very challenging and appeared as if I failed were steps taking me onto a path to slowly summit the great teachings that bring me peace. I didn't know when I left for Nepal 
that I would be in a place where I would see an image of Thomas Merton with Chatrol Rinpoche. I didn't know I would be in this extraordinary temple bathed in wisdom and compassion. I couldn't have planned it. So every day, keep throwing yourself on the path. I used to imagine that I would take my keys, my car keys, and all my house keys and throw them over a high fence so I knew I'd have to get over that fence. I'd have to climb it to get those keys. The key is in you. The door is in you. And in truth, it's not even locked. I have really enjoyed being with you. I can't wait to come back again and again on these podcasts here on the Superpower Network and the Superpowers of the Soul Channel. Again, if you want to hear more in a very simple way, I wrote a simple book, Buddhist Footprints in a Christian Heart, much about that trip to India. Another few pamphlets. I also work with people individually. And I'm creating a new website with my name and sacred. It used to be Sacred Journey, but now it's called Cherish Heart Center. This is Nellie, Nellie Loth. This is Deep Soul Dialogue. And together we are truly discovering the truth of who we really are. My hands are folded at my heart. I bow in namaskar, thanking you for being with me. I'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.